0: Hey gang, welcome to a special bonus episode of the No Persinium podcast, The Voice of Everything Immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from Los Angeles. This time on the show, we have a very special episode. We're talking with Dave Bouchure of Marvel Studios, the executive producer of Avengers Damage Control. And from ILM X Lab, we have Ian Bowie and Michael Copperwas. Ian is the design director for Avengers Damage Control, and Michael is the visual director for the project. This was recorded over at the Disney Accelerator, where uh, the void is nested in Glen. Is that how you nested? Yes. Uh, right after I got to check out Avengers damage control, uh, the results of which you can see on the site today, our review, my review is up on the site. And uh, yeah, we had a, a tight 15 minutes to talk to everybody. I think we went a little bit over. Sorry, Elizabeth. And uh, we just ran right in uh, before we finish up here, before we jump into uh, the episode. Um, One, uh, I've got some announcements on the back end, uh, stuff about the summit, uh, which went out yesterday. But if you haven't checked it out yet, I'm going to I'm going to go over that. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about You'll, you'll get to hear about that uh, And two, uh, as always This show is brought to you by our generous Patreon backers uh, You could become one at patreon.com Slash uh, no Our stalwarts, the guys who are always there for us Are Mark Balthazar, Jan Budman, Paul F Lonnie Hanson, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin And Samuel Mustry Thank you all for uh, letting me do this as my job This is my job now uh, It's a crazy job, but it's my job um, All right this was a great conversation. Uh, let's dive in as we talk with Marvel Studios and ILMX Lab about Avengers Damage Control. Let's assemble. <laughs> Who wants to take this one in first? What is Avengers Damage Control?
1: Oh <laughs> wow, that is a great existential question. I, I, like, uh, I like I, I like that notes. we're going. Uh, first of all, I like that we get to do this in the existential uh, atmosphere of a podcast, and that you led with an existential question. How do we get to define what Avengers Damage Control is? I will say, um, what Avengers Damage Control is, I guess, to me too, because I think that is the fun of the conversation is is you get to step into the universe for the first time, right? You're not living it through some other medium, you're living it. You're the hero of your own story. Um, you get to step in and meet the characters. So it's an experience probably unlike any other. It's definitely unlike any other we've ever produced before. So it's, it's, it's one of a kind and you know, it's been a pretty cool journey in, in trying to figure out what, what is that exactly for people and, and how do you bring it to life in a way that actually means something to them in the same way all of the other things they know and love mean to them. So for, for that, if that makes sense, I love this existentialism.
0: Yeah. And I just, cause I realized what I should have done is I should, cause now we are, rec- now that we're running recording, I should have had you identify. That's Dave, who's oh, executive okay. producing off of Marvel studios. Uh, Ian.
2: So uh, I'll. And ID
0: yourself, the- just so they know your voice. Cause we'll, Sure. come Ian on around. Yeah. So, Ian, uh, so from the XLab point of view,
2: I would say that uh, since we went existential from the beginning, I would say I'll go for like more of the the, the concrete angle to kind of balance that out a little bit. Uh, I would say that uh, Avengers Damage Control is a uh, adventure that you go on with your friends, walking through a physical space, wearing virtual reality headsets, and as well as interacting with physical things inside the world, such as like wind, heat, scent and lots of different effects that we have that you can't get in like a home VR experience, all while having this social adventure where you get to go out and save the world with your favorite Avengers.
0: You guys have, over at the X-Lab, you've done LBE VR a few times now, uh, Star Wars, Wreck-It Ralph, this, you've also been working on Vader Immortal. this is a this is a big sandbox, a big a big toolkit, and as we're looking at this this image back here of sort of the the climax of the show, uh, th- there's a lot of toys you're playing with this time. So, what was it like for you guys to to you know kind of crack into someone else's big
3: expansive universe? Uh, this is Michael uh, speaking. It's. It was a challenge. It was like the the, the best kind of challenge possible where it, it's kind of a surprise box of here are a billion things that we can play with and we want to craft this really incredible experience for people to go through and to tell a story and to give everybody that, that fan fulfillment of stepping into the, the Marvel Universe um, and having all these different things to play with and put together. It was kind of like building a puzzle yeah, uh, and can- finding...
0: Like, what do you even, like, choose to, like, bring in and, yeah. and, and put in and take out? and
3: yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, like, this could be great for this reason. This could be great for this reason. This might be awesome but too complicated for a novice to VR uh, to get. This might be something that's too, uh, too simplistic, too over-the-top, and we would find all these pieces that ultimately um, added together to craft these really... Um, these key moments for people that hopefully would make these indelible memories that would be theirs. Uh, these things that they've stepped into the into the universe, they've gotten to have this interaction with Spider-Man, with, with the heroes that they know and love uh, in a way that has always been behind a screen or in a book or something like that.
0: When did you guys settle on? Because I I love the fact that Wakanda is is foregrounded in this in this piece, particularly because it feels like a natural progression of where technology would go in in the MCU, given where we're at. Right, we're after Endgame. Um, when did that choice to, to to pick up that thread enter into the mix?
1: Um, pretty early on. Um... Pretty early on, it it was it was part of the conversation because we started to have the conversation around when we were looking at what the experience was. Well, we have to we have to put people in there, and we they need to be wearing something, um, and you know. <laughs> What, getting keeping it on the existential thread. Um, what? Yes, yeah,
0: you cannot do the void naked. Yeah, uh, this is known.
1: We should, I mean, you shouldn't do that. I vote. mean, yeah. Yeah, you create your own rules, folks. Oh boy! Somebody, um, but but Elizabeth, you know,
0: Elizabeth. <laughs> she's like, no, I'm not going to stop you.
1: No, no but I, it was it it was early on, and in it was it was definitely a part of. Okay, we we want to have it be meaningful. And we want it to be designed purposefully, mm-hmm. right? Everything, you know, we, we always try to approach everything and, and you know, uh, the design team at Marvel Studios, the visual development team that worked on the designs when we gave them the, the idea of, hey, let's take Stark Tech and Wakandan Tech and this idea of post-Endgame end um, and we're going to have people go through this experience. They took that challenge and ran with it, which was really great, and created something that I think... A, we've seen an amazing response to online from when we released released the teaser trailer, which is like, ah, oh, Stark Tech and Wakandan Tech, right? And that idea of in a post in game world, who would Tony trust with some of his tech, and if she got her hands on it, what should we do? What would she do with it, right? Um, and I think the answer to that question is is, for the experience, it's fun, right? We want people to have fun, and it's pretty fun to be able to get to suit up in a Wakandan. Stylized Iron Man suit or a uh, Iron Man stylized Wakandan suit or whatever you want to call it, Um, but also that it's purposefully designed. It's built to fit into that Wakandan ideal of empowering people through technology. Mm. It's not meant to be a weapon. It's not meant to be something that you go and you can take over the world. It's meant to be, you know, like an Iron Man suit or like a Black Panther suit, meant to empower people and to protect them. So the idea in in a backstory that we could never get to in, in the experience is. If there were people who were trained to operate these suits, just like we're being invited into today, you know, could could we avert disaster? Could we save more people? Could we could we do more good? Um, It's always rooted in that that idea because you want to come at it from a real perspective for for the fans and and for the characters.
0: I'm going to come back around probably right at the end ask a question about how this fits into the MCU. But uh, this is probably the longest Experience of the void has had so far. Uh, I mean this is Things before have been kind of like music video to like quick short film This is almost like the novella length, you know 18 minutes worth longer than secrets of the Empire I always got to not say shadows of the Empire because I'm that old of a Star Wars fan Um, What did having that canvas of time give you guys as a as a as an opportunity and as a challenge in terms of getting people through things?
2: This is Ian Bowie. Uh, From a storytelling perspective uh, it gave everything room to breathe which is the big thing is that like a lot of things were attempted inside of this experience that we didn't attempt in Secrets of the Empire like humor is something that we definitely play with inside of this which is true to the Marvel form and being able to make sure that everything has the time it needs to land have enough time to evoke the emotion we need to in each particular beat it allowed us to really kind of play with that canvas of uh, all the different emotions that we wanted to get through without feeling like we had to rush them Mm. and then on top of that that it also gave us the opportunity to explore as many locations as we wanted to, because being in the Marvel Universe and having access to Doctor Strange, having the portals that we could travel to means that we can go to multiple locations, instead of other uh, experiences that we've made where we've kind of centered it around one. We could actually go on a globe-trotting adventure for the first time. And you need time to absorb new environments inside of virtual reality. You need time to actually feel like you are actually inhabiting a space. And So giving us the opportunity to kind of give everything from the experiential to the story to also just the fun moments You have with your team time to breathe. That's what the time gave us
0: well And 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 for those who don't know and I know half the audience is super technical and half the audience isn't uh, This thing you've got four people in at a time But the stage needs to be able to accommodate 16 people so you have four of these experiences running simultaneously so on that level of throughput and like Designing narrative, designing experience for that. How do you even begin to approach that kind of challenge?
2: That's a very good question. And the answer is different on each and every time we do it. Um, a lot of it comes down to start with the story first, mm-hmm. start with what we want to get across, and then work backwards from there because we basically set the some ground experiences that we wanted to have happen. Like when we kind of knew our cast, we kind of knew the experiences we wanted to have with the cast and then we would kind of put them in the locations that made the most sense on the stage and then work backwards from there. And then as we developed each of them, we would basically play this game of shifting time from like, oh, okay, like this place needs more time, but if we put more time here, it might actually affect throughput in this way. And we basically would balance it as like this organic living thing as the story was developing and the story was changing. And so it was so many opportunities for us to kind of, uh, like it kind of kept itself in check in a way that you probably wouldn't expect, but it hmm. takes a lot of work to kind of look at. like. Uh, and we have definitely a lot of help with uh, people at The Void who maintain throughput so well uh, that they would definitely make sure that we could reach out to them and they can help us with making sure that we're still adhering to that.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of these th- parts of the, the the whole immersive thing. like taking that side from the theme park world of, of throughput and, and balancing mm-hmm. and, and figuring out a way. Cause it's, it's so much easier when easier when you make a movie and it's just like, you know, they're going to be there. Everyone's gonna be in one spot and you don't have to worry about where people are going unless maybe they're at the Alamo Draft House. But no one's ever gonna think about like well, you know They're gonna walk over each other and get food at right. this point, right? And so
2: and th- to the credit of the the void like uh, Joe Borey over at the void is he lives and breathes this like in terms of throughput and he was a fantastic partner to have on making sure that Everything flowed correctly and that we were making sure that we could use time in the best way to fit the story
0: Do you guys ever feel the the weight of responsibility of? introducing this art form to the masses, because you're playing with stars, you played with, if you're playing with Avengers and there's, there's no doubt, I mean, just someone out there was saying that they got like a million clicks on, on the, the post that they put up for the trailer. And so the response is tremendous because people are hungry for more. Uh, and disney plus is not active yet so they can't just get a regular morphine drip of you know <laughs> doctor strange uh but this is that opportunity to 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 get vr out there so do you, do you start to feel like that weight michael
3: yeah. yes and dave definitely you'll need to answer this as well but i i think we often frequently feel that that challenge as you're trying to um create these universes you're Trying to adhere to these sort of made-up rules, and for something to feel authentic, it has to really live in that space. And you have to be able to step into that world and believe that the physics, whatever reality is, that suspension of disbelief can never be questioned. And everything that's gone into um, building up that fan base has to be treated carefully. Um, yeah, we, we we experience it on the the Lucasfilm side. Uh, we've experienced it working with Marvel Studios. And um, Dave, please chime in. <laughs> yeah i mean it, it 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 goes
1: without i think it probably goes without saying and for me as a fan someone who grew up in film and watching films and and you know my favorite characters that you you question why did you do that with my favorite character why did you do oh, this with my favorite yeah, character right yeah. and and that is so so much a part of the conversation whether it's whether it's Marvel Studios or Star Wars or any, any franchise or any set of characters um, or any story you're telling. And, and I think the, the, to your point and question about is there, a, is there a weight that comes with that? Very much so. Is there a responsibility? Very much so. Um, that's, the, that's the sort of opportunity as well um, because if you're not pushing the boundaries, if there's no consequences, then it's not really any fun right um, because you know you you want to you want to be able to say to people we're taking to, to Michael's point we're taking the same amount of care that we take with everything else we're approaching it the same way you know this was part of the same you know way as much as it could be giving a new given it that it's a new form of storytelling part of our our, our regular development process right um, the same people were involved and we partnered in, in many of the same ways and of course there's breakthroughs but I think that there is the, the responsibility of, of bringing the characters to life in VR in this way is is huge because it's it's in a, I said this earlier today for me this project was so much about its scrappiness mm. it's a it's it's I don't think it's you know um it's a it was a big endeavor right for yeah. us um and so in that in that idea it's um there, there's a there's a pressure that comes with that because you want to live up to everything that everybody expects, but there you want to push the boundary and bring those characters to life in new, different ways, while honoring it. But but you don't want it, people to feel like, oh, it's like something else I've already done. I don't need to do VR because VR is so new. Hmm. There's there's inherently a responsibility to to push that boundary and show everybody. I don't want to say show. I want to say think about what's possible in that new medium, right? Just like just like anything else. And yeah, I, think us, yeah. and I think a lot of us,
3: and I think a lot of how we sort of shoulder that burden is we're fans first anyway. And the number of times we've had arguments of we need to cut this or we need to trim this or let's get rid of this thing and somebody will be standing, jumping up and down. No, that suit has to have yellow. That character has to stay for this reason. And we're we're trying to satisfy ourselves just as much as we're trying to craft something incredible.
0: Fantastic. The absolute final question. So all that attention, all that care, is this
1: Canon? Tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, and to answer, to answer it quickly. Um, we, we approached it. Like I said earlier, we approached it the same way we approached uh, everything else within the studio was part of our, part of our development process. And, and, you know, if, if for the for the people who, who are listening and can't look around the room, we're surrounded by, you know, Marvel Studios costumes. We're surrounded by Marvel Studios characters and and, and for, for that from that perspective and, and going back to the question before, it it is a new form of storytelling and we get to have that conversation in a new way. And we looked at it from okay, there's ten years of films and ten years of moments and ten years of characters that people are gonna wanna experience a little bit of. Let's give them something new and now we get to have that conversation in a new way, it's pretty cool and I think it just opens the door to, to have that conversation in a new way. You're not saying, I watched on, it's I lived on this date, you know what I mean? That, looking at that timeline from a different perspective. That's a great place, thanks guys. Thanks. Thank you.
0: Once again, I want to thank our guest, Dave Bouchure of Marvel Studios and Ian Bowie and Michael Copperwas of the ILM X-Lab and a shout out to Elizabeth over at the X-Lab for uh, helping set all this up. Um, the X-Lab treats us right and uh, I, I just want to acknowledge that and also do a shout out to Brian Bishop over at the X-Lab as well. Um, it's, it's always a great joy to see what the X lab is up to. I mean, look, we all know I'm a giant star Wars nerd and, uh, I've been worshiping at the altar of industrial light and magic since I was a child. Um, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't hold them to. Doesn't mean that I don't hold them to the highest human standard possible, and so it is just exciting to me to see them keep on pushing the storytelling form forward. Um, you can check out my review of Damage Control on the site today. Uh, look, this is kind of the culmination of what they've been doing with The Void so far. It's the biggest, it's the longest of all of the experiences. It's it's a total trip that they're able to put 16 people on that stage and kind of move them around at once. That's that's maybe the most magical thing about The Void as a whole, because you got to get the throughput right to make this work. And just some of the tricks they are deploying this time in terms of the redirected walking. um, It's, it's getting weird, y'all. It's getting it's getting really, really weird. Um, we're, we're standing at the precipice of some really amazing stuff. And this is a little glimpse of, of what is going on. It's not even a glimpse. It's here. It's here. It's here. You're, you're walking into, uh, you're walking into the game. You're walking into the films. Uh, they've got the actors. Um, I just, I, I, you know, I just had this flash, like it's going to be exciting, uh, when um when they make those new Matrix movies and then we get to like go down to the void or something and enter the Matrix right like that's gonna be a total trip, um and that process is already beginning so congratulations y'all um hey I promised you uh to go over the summit so if you are here because of Avengers uh if you're someone who just like you know you, you soak up all the MCU stuff hi welcome this is No Priscinium uh we talk about immersive stuff we talk about Virtual reality, like we just did. We talk about um, escape rooms. Uh, we talk about immersive theater. That's that's what we hold a biggest candle for. Uh, we talk about theme parks. We go on and on and on about Galaxy's Edge and Ghost Down Alive. Um, this is what we do. And once a year, for the past couple of years, uh, we've been part of a group part of a team, um, you know, a little, a little ad hoc superhero team, if you will, uh, with our buddies at adventure design group and epic immersive. And we put on a couple of things called the immersive design summit. Uh, we did one in 2018. We did one in 2019 in San Francisco. Um, we had yet to announce a, a 2020 summit. Um, and everyone's starting to be like, what's going on? What's going on? Where is it? Where is it? Because we usually announce the summit, um, like l- late August and it's now early October. Um, well, we were holding on because, um. We, uh, we, we, were, we were negotiating with our venue and you gotta get all the ink dried uh, before you can run around and you know start declaring things. Well, that process is done. And I am very excited for those who don't know to announce that we are going to be uh, launching a brand new summit uh with the team taking all new positions on this crazy ship um and as part of launching that brand new summit we're going to be you know professionalizing no pro uh this is this is a long-held plan um, that uh, is coming to fruition but for those of you who are interested in the summit uh, that which was immersive design summit is is now in the past uh we were re- retiring that brand um and in its place is uh, a new, at least one new project. And our new project is here. Here, Summit and Festival, which will be at the Pasadena Playhouse, March 27th, 28th, and 29th of 2020. Uh, We are doing three days of the summit and we're working on a pilot festival. Uh, The details of that are still coming together, but the summit details at long last we can start getting into. Three days in Pasadena. uh, The biggest event we've done here at No Persinium so far. Uh, Our friends, uh, Gabe from Adventure Design Group, uh, he is the Institutional uh, Chair of Programming. And Steve Boyle of Epic Immersive is running our outreach uh, and actually be bopping around the globe at points doing outreach and creative producing for us. And we've got some other members, uh, some new folks who are coming on board the team, all of which you can read up on the site this week over at noprosinium.com. Or you can also check out Here Fest, H-E-R-E. So it's H-E-R-E, like here, like you are here, not here you are listening, but here, you are here. H-E-R-E Fest dot com is the website. Check that out. Sign up on the mailing list. Um, This is the preeminent, the premier gathering of immersive creatives around the globe, really. I'm so excited that we finally get to talk about this with you. We've been working on this for quite some time. I registered a bunch of stuff back in May. You can find there's a Facebook already. Uh, the website is now up and running. And I'm just, I'm frankly, I'm, I'm just relieved. Um, <laughs> holding on. I want to pull the on to like a lot of information, uh, a lot of a lot of secrets, if you will. Uh, but keeping my own is often the hardest thing I do. And uh, this has been in process long enough that uh, I'm just I'm just ecstatic to get this out there to all of you. So uh, if you are a creator of immersive entertainment or immersive art, check out herefest.com. Check out uh The announcement on the website uh, over at NoPro and sign up for the mailing list so that you don't miss when things go on sale. Because if the past couple years are any indication, we are going to sell this sucker out uh, in the blink of an eye. All right. That's it for me for now. Uh, We've got an episode at the end of the week. Uh, We'll be there. You'll be there. And we'll get this all rocking and rolling. Um, And then, yeah. So, I don't know. It's 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 a uh, it's an off-day podcast. I don't actually know how to end this in any normal. Way. Oh, I'll do the, you know, Music, right, credits, duh. Uh, music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. The sustaining backers of No Persinium are Mark Balthazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Lonnie Hansen, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, and Samuel Mustry. You can find everything we do at nopersinium.com or at nopersinium on Twitter, at no underscore persinium on Instagram, where you can follow along with the takeovers as immersive companies from across the country uh, take over Instagram like all the time. Uh, and of course, if you have a show of your own, please email us at pitches at noprersinium.com. We'll get it into our newswire. And as always, if you want to support our work and we need the support because my landlord likes money, um Patreon.com slash Um a little goes a long way. Alright. I'm Noah Nelson and until next time, I'll see you at the show.